This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam ain't raising no thief. Charlene is old AF. And we chat diversity. Why do you always have to be so otherwise, uh, yeah, Sam? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. We're going to know. No. Good, good, good. Glad it's Friday. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. A last minute little hurrah for the herbs. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited and I need it. Yes. And yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm glad it's Friday. So are you kicking ass? How are you kicking ass? How am I kicking ass? Shoes, Louise. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you how I'm kicking ass. Um, Easter's coming up. Yes. And, um, I got healthier alternatives for Easter eggs for my little guy. Where did you find these? What are they? Okay. Faithful to nature. Mm -hmm. Hashtag, this is not an ad. (laughs) But faithful to nature, um, is a website that offers kind of healthier alternatives. And I was just like, I'm not... Doing this chocolate sugar rush nonsense. Because firstly, Ray and I will get stuck in and feel like shit for weeks as we polish off our kids' Easter eggs. Mm. (laughs) Same, yeah, same, yeah. Um, And I've advised or asked the grandparents also, please, dark chocolate only if you're going to go there. Mm. Please, you know, I don't want to deny my child a dark chocolate or a chocolate chocolate bunny Mm. or a big egg or a... But dark chocolate is kind of the lesser of two evils. So mm. I've I've gone, you know, dark chocolate is okay. Here are like some mainstream alternatives. And then I went, I'm just like, faithful to nature must have. Yeah. Now, it's not sugar free, but they have the cutest little like egg boxes with little wrapped eggs. And it's, they're vegan. Not yes. that I'm, or well, my family's vegan, but it's just healthier ingredients. Not not sugar-free, as I said, and they have milk chocolate and dark chocolate alternatives, but you know that what's going in there isn't... All the junk that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and of course, you know, it's, it, it comes at a price, so I didn't, like, make that the center of it. I also went and got empty little... I'm such a Pinterest mom about this. Uh-huh. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so... um uh, I got little empty Easter egg containers. Yes. Um, well, little, you know, like plastic. Yes. Things plastic. that you can open. Yes. And I'm going to put, oh, he sounds like a, a viescant. I'm going to put raisins in there. He loves raisins. <laughs> I did not. So he, I will put a raisins in and little like gummy fruity sweets. Doesn't matter. Those are his favorite snacks. He, yeah. So. Those are, he thinks raisins are sweets. So, you know, I'm running with it. Whatever. <laughs> Next year, this might not work. So I'm, I've got like lots of different little colored eggs because I really want him to have lots of eggs to yes. look for in the garden. Yes. But I don't want him to have lots of so eggs sweet. to eat. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's clever. I like that. And so I'm going to put like also where I can't put raisins or things in all of them, I'm going to put like I've bought a couple of stickers and, and toy, like little like funny little things treats, and, yes. Yeah. 
Those yeah. beans that you put in water that like grow into a little sponge. Yes. Things like that. I just It's about the discovery and the hunt. Exactly. More than the binging on chocolates and sweets. Yeah. So I'm not going to bitch about work. I'm not going to bitch about feeling tired. <laughs> Even gonna, though those things remain true. They all remain true. I'm going to look at that and accept that win and be like, that's how I'm kicking ass. Good if for at all. you. Good yeah. for you. Well yeah. done. Yeah, I um, I suppose I'm kicking ass by way of not having had a complete meltdown over the fact that I am supposed to celebrate another birthday this weekend. I use the term celebrate very loosely. No, I don't, man. I don't Have know. you always been like this? No, I oh, I love my birthday. I it's the last like four or so years that I've not enjoyed it. I, I think as soon as I hit thirty, when I turned like thirty-two, I was like. Good Lord, this is going fast. <laughs> and I am, I, yeah, I, it became less fun for me from then on. You see, I'm loving my 30s. I, I feel I, so much more myself now than I did in my 20s. I do, but I'm past the midway mark now, Sam. I'm on the wrong side of the 30s. Yeah, so I can't judge you because I don't know what kind of meltdowns I'm going to have when I'm past the midway mark. Really, when, <laughs> when 40s like just a little hachoo away, you mm. don't feel that enthusiastic, let me just tell you. And like I can visibly see myself, I can see myself aging on the daily, like I get a new wrinkle or a new gray hair or a, and I'm just like, I just want to just stop for a second. I mean, I don't want to be young forever, but I don't want to be old yet. No. And I understand my in-laws always say, like, I know we're old now, but we don't feel as old as we are. And I think I can relate to that because I, before I know it, I'm going to be on the wrong side of 50 and I'm not going to feel like I'm there yet. And it's just scary. Yeah, okay, I hear you. It's not but really even about, when I turned 30, it was quite a rude awakening because I was like, I don't know if I've achieved everything I wanted to at this point in my life. And it's not about achievement right, for yeah. me. It's not about that. It's about, it's just all happening too fast and I, I don't think I'm ready for it to just go by. As much as my kids are growing up so quickly, I feel like I can't breathe at the thought of soon Josh will be off to primary school before yeah. I know it, he's going to be off to high school. I mean, my sister's eldest is in high school this year, and he's just this morning. And he's your little nephew. I, he, it was like yesterday that I was cleaning his dirty bum. I just, I don't know where the time is going. Yeah, you. And it makes me sad. I hear you on that, but you, it needs to be reiterated that you are looking slamming. Thank you very much. I don't feel like I And I, I hate telling people, oh, you don't look your age, you know, yeah. or, or whatever that might be. And it's just like, well, what does that even look like? I don't, I don't know. No. But I don't know what 36, 37, 38, 39 supposed to is look supposed like. to look like. I have no idea. Mm. All I know is you're my good friend mm -hmm. and I love you <laughs> and you look great. And Thanks. I am celebrating your birthday. And I, in the same breath I should celebrate my birthday I feel guilty over feeling this way like I don't want to celebrate because I got to live another year of my life 
with so many things that I can be grateful for. And my kids get to have a mom for another year and my husband gets to have a wife for another year and I get to be around with both my parents still alive. And so living another year is a privilege. I have health and I have a lot to be grateful for. So it is something to celebrate. As much as I celebrate my children's birthdays every year because it's such a proud moment, I can only imagine what it must make my mom feel like when I'm being all like, another birthday. Mm -hmm. She probably sits there and looks like, I I can't believe my baby is as old as she is. How old does that make me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you one thing that might be a lifesaver. I know of a podcast that I love. It's a self-care podcast called Forever 35. Okay. And you know the brand Forever 21? Yes. Well, like, go fuck yourself because (laughs) what is 21? Exactly. Not to discriminate against the 21-year-olds that may or may not be listening to this podcast, but still, life has not even (laughs) put the tip in. Let's just say that. (laughs) So... So Forever 35 is self-care and they deal with like serums and stuff you put on your face, but also just like internal self-care, like what we chat about quite a bit. And I love that they called it Forever 35 because that was like the dream age for them. Yes. Right? That was the dream age for me too. So it I was think lovely. hang on to that, Charlene. It came and it went. No, it's still there. You're still vibrant AF. I think Not also, old AF. I think also the majority of my friends are younger than me. Like I have, yeah. I have, maybe, I have maybe one friend that is two years older than me and she ages so beautifully that I I'm happy for her that she ages so beautifully but I am envious and then I she's older than me and I look older than her and that just bugs me (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's life it's life it's life Um, um you said you are not raising a little thief tell me about this so this morning I'm busy emptying Elijah's school bag mm and um yeah there's a little car in there that doesn't belong to him (laughs) (laughs) okay so now listeners bear in mind elijah is two almost two and a half and um i mean i guess i give him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't know what stealing is but now this was a teachable moment so i took it out and i went to ray and i was just like okay this was in his school bag and Ray's like, okay, cool, shame. He doesn't know. And I was like, well, he's about to know. Yeah. <laughs> Plus also, you can't just assume, oh, shame, he doesn't know. He obviously doesn't know. But you can't just brush it off no. and not teach. Exactly. Because then it's going to be a, oh, he doesn't know for the rest of his days. Yeah, shame. So I took it to him and said, Elijah, I found this in your bag. What's this? <gasps> Mommy, I want that. Please, can I have it? At least he asked. <laughs> yeah, he did ask. He asked you. And, and he was trying to get to it out of my... My hand, and I said, no, 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 this belongs to your teacher and to the school, because that's where he got it from. Mm. Um, and then he mentioned a friend's name at school, and I would ass- would assume that that friend was busy playing with it, and Elijah managed to get it from the friend and just put it in his bag so that he didn't have to fight <laughs> over the story anymore. That's so funny. So, yeah, there was a bit of a, he tries to manipulate me. I can see it. He's like, Mommy, I just want to touch it. <laughs> and then he he gets his fingers on it and then he started grabbing it and then I had to like pry his fingers off of it and be like, no, daddy will give it to teacher. And then there was a little bit of a resistance mood, okay. yeah, a little bit of a trying to make himself cry and he got over it pretty quickly, but it was just like, huh, okay, this is it, Sam. This is, this is when parenting kicks in really. So 
am I going to raise someone who knows what stealing is from this early on? And he did. He felt bad and Ray dropped him off this morning and they together they gave the car back to the teacher and Elijah was very sheepish. So oh, shame. Peace. Yeah, shame. It's one of those <laughs> moments. You yeah, know. so we learn in life, eh? Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not a, about to raise like a little jailbird. We <laughs> teach him about... Uh, stealing and we're trying to teach him about lies his imagination is off the charts and he's telling little stories and making up things and which is normal for his age and it is actually encouraged to appeal to their imagination yeah yeah so I'm working on that and finding these teachable moments um but it's also my mission not to raise a bloody dickhead (laughs) okay yeah I hear you on that I've been thinking a lot about our last episode, um, which had to do with autism acceptance Mm. and just raising kind children. If you aren't an autism mom who's raising a child who is autistic, then, you know... Let our children at least be kind to those who are living in that world. Exactly. So um, it's led me down a path of recognizing divisions in our society as a whole. Um, And so the autism... Um, episode was kind of the first in a series of uh, episodes on diversity, like a three-part series that we'll be doing as The Great Equalizer. But I thought we would need to talk more about diversity Mm -hmm. as a whole um, and in general. So, I mean, we're opening up a can of worms here. (laughs) It's pretty scary. Charlene, are you ready? Now is as good a time as any. Lacquer. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Charlene, we're sitting here um, across from each other and yeah, you are, I'm more fairer and you're... um, A little bit more uh, olive skinned. Yes, (laughs) but we are still white. Yes. Heteronormative, as in we have husbands and are attracted attracted to only men. Yes. Um, uh, With two little kitties, we both have mom vans. Yes, live in a suburb. Yeah, live in a suburb, um, f- you know, if we didn't have the high walls that are required in Joburg, we'd probably have the white picket fence, picket fence and, yes. and a couple of dogs in the backyard. Yes. We are as vanilla as it comes. Exactly. <laughs> Apart from other idiosyncrasies, we are typically your average Joe. Yes. So what right do we have to talk about diversity? Yeah, I guess we don't really <laughs> have the right, but that doesn't change the fact that we are open to diversity and intrigued by it and um, respectful of all the different things in the world. And that doesn't mean we don't want to teach our children about that. That was, that was the bottom line for me, is sure, we are heteronormative suburban white moms, 
However, what's to say Elijah is going to fit into that mold as he becomes the person he is to become? I don't know. We don't know. And all we can do is just expose them to as much information, fill their cups with as much as we can, and help them to understand diversity. And, I mean, like we discussed in our previous episode with autism awareness, um, we don't live with uh, children that have that um, condition, but we don't want our children to be the meanies who point and laugh or who don't accept because we are not enabling them to understand. Exactly. So, you know, as always, we've chatted to a couple of moms around us and sort of opened the discussion on diversity, and I actually can't believe that we're about to Talk about what we're about to talk about. (laughs) And it is insane because diversity, the term in itself is diverse because there's so much that could be considered unconventional or diverse. For example, um, I will tell you, our listeners, about one of our uh, moms who have uh, very kindly sent us a voice note, which we will listen to just now, but I'll give you some background. Um, This uh, mom has... uh, been for most of her adult life in a uh, interracial relationship, a mixed race family they are, and she still to this day gets random people asking her when they realize she's married to an Indian man, what did your parents say? Oh and she God. and she says she's just like what kind of a question is that <laughs> even in in one of the things she mentioned she says well I think when they first met him they thought he was quite drunk because we were at a beer fest <laughs> so they, 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 other if, than that if they had to say anything they probably would have said why is he so drunk kind of <laughs> <laughs> like talk about first impressions but you know? I'm sure you get some parents to be like. Hold the phone. He may be drunk, but why is he so Indian? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So to her, it didn't even actually... When people ask her that question, she's just like, what are you talking about? They didn't say anything. I just... I know in South Africa, because of our history, the first thing we obviously think about, and rightly so, is a black and a white issue and... uh, a rainbow nation issue and race. Race yes. is at the center of our uh, diversity problems yes. where there are problems, yes. right? I just, I can't, I still can't grasp how we haven't moved on in exactly. a quarter of a century. I don't fucking exactly. get it. The, the thing that I, wa- that I felt whilst listening to her messages and, and we'll play a snippet of it just now is just that I cannot believe that this is still a thing. No. How is this even a thing? And so aside from, she does share very interesting things as well, which I can, I appreciated a lot because it gave me some insight. Things you don't consider like um, coming from an Indian uh, uh family and then she was raised catholic what religion do you raise the child as well yeah, so he's hindu and she yes. is she's uh, she was raised, raised catholic. catholic so and so what what religion will you be practicing or in which religion which faith will you raise your child um then that we don't even begin to talk about cultural um differences like the head of the household and traditions and traditionally in our family this is how we do this and our tradition is this so there's a lot of that that is also gray areas and she she talks about that but for me the the overbearing thought that 
that or message that I got from her voice note was when she first really realized that they are considered an unconventional couple. Right. Have a listen. The two times where we actually realized that we were unconventional and it was really sort of thrown in our faces. The first time was when um, we went to, on a holiday together, we went to Hootsprate with our friends and we stopped somewhere along the way at this like little wimpy and it had all of these um, like typical Afrikaans men with their falskuns and their two-tone shirts <laughs> and all of that and they were staring at us like what the f- is going on there they were like it was like I'd walked out with three heads and topless that's how they <laughs> stared and I was like what is the issue and that's when I realized and that was quite far into our relationship I think we'd been dating for six months a little bit more and it was the first time that I actually really realized it which sounds strange but up until that point it was a non-issue so yeah the second time was we went to Oriental Plaza we were walking around holding hands and being all coupley and a few of the shop owners actually locked their doors and wouldn't let us in yeah so much for the rainbow nation that is so scary how how why i don't what the actual fuck you know i really don't if i had to it, i cannot even imagine that joshua would notice something like he would never in his life he wouldn't I cannot imagine him coming to me at this point in his life because he knows that I mean we teach them to know the differences which things look the same and which things look different he will never ever he has never said and I don't think he ever will say why is my skin white and my friend's skin black or am I not allowed or or brown or whatever or if they do right like I, I I would imagine and I would want Elijah to be it's if we are going along the, the race lines when Ray was a little a little boy he was playing uh with another little boy and um looked at him and said you've got such a nice tan oh that that it's that innocence mm. that how do we mar that yes. and how do we stop ourselves from bringing in that that damage that we're going to do to our kids and their perception of other people and vice versa. It's Oriental Plaza looking at a white girl going, no, this is wrong. You know, it's just, it's the, the, the basic tenets of a mixed race couple. What does, what the fuck does it matter to you? Exactly. It, and it's about, it's about being happy and, and living your life to the fullest. And so mm-hmm. I, I think the best we can do is to, uh, I mean, our, our theme is literally hashtag no judges, and we need to instill that in our children. They need to understand that there is nothing to judge because society teaches you, ooh, this person should be judged or that's wrong or that's right. right. And it goes beyond color. Yeah, this is what scares me the most, uh, Charlene. This is, this is what really gets me is it is so much more than that. That's, that's our history as a country unfortunately we're still stuck on that topic i can't believe it is still even an issue there's so many bigger things but coming off of sort of aids awareness in the 80s and and the 90s and and all of that homosexuality became a big thing Mm -hmm. um and i think we've finally gotten past that i hope you know some of us have 
But I suppose it's still a th- like I don't know. I'd look around, and that is also still a fucking thing. There's so always going to be people who hold on to those things or that that way of thinking. But so what I'm saying is, it's more than so. We're looking at our history in in terms of apartheid, and then comes um, sort of gay rights activism. And now it's just so much more. It's it's the LGBTQ community who are fighting for their rights. Mm. And I'm sitting up and I'm listening and I'll tell you why. Because, like I say, my son could be part of that community. Uh, and if he's not, I want him to be accepting of that community. Exactly. So how do we make it the norm? Yes. Is, is my challenge uh, to you, to me, to our listeners, uh, to my family – you know, we, we've got to go beyond, beyond culture and color now, beyond gay and straight, just, just general acceptance of the other. And in so doing, making that other become the norm. And the, Yes, exactly. And I always think about you can't sit in a place. I certainly don't want to be sitting in a place looking at um, – it's okay, okay so I, I'm accepting of, of, of gay people and their thing. It's their thing. It's not my thing. It's fine, whatever, until – my kid comes home and expresses that he is in love with a boy or uh, my daughter comes home and she says she's in love with a a girl or whatever it is that she she chooses for her life or how she um, wants to live her life or feels comfortable with, with being. And you cannot sit and be ignorant about these things. It's, it is a real, it's a real life thing. We're telling a real life story here and we are raising the people of tomorrow. And so I want my children to, first of all, be open and feel that there is nothing that they have to feel isolated over or, mm. or like you say, get become part of the other. The other is the norm. It, yes. It's their norm. That's the dream. I don't think it's going to change with me. You no. know, I don't think I'm going to, to change a whole society, but... It starts somewhere. It's, it's got to start, start somewhere. somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. So, Charlene, yeah, we have said that we are sort of your cookie-cutter mold moms, but you have diversity in your family. <laughs> I do, actually, yes. Um, so share a little bit with the listeners about your background. So uh, this topic that we're discussing today, Sam, as you know, actually came about months ago when Josh had to go to school and he was asked to bring photos of his immediate family, grandparents on either side, mom and dad's side, and then siblings and photos of his parents because they were making a family tree. And the topic came up, I mean, my family is different and diverse in the sense that there are gay and straight people in my family. But um, to me, it's, it's, my, it's my other, it's normal. We, we're just, this is way, the way our family works. Right. It's our family dynamic. But it became apparent to me when I all of a sudden had to send these things to school and I realized that whoever Joshua, it's his normal. These are all his grannies and grandpas and when he takes this to school, what if the teacher looks at it and sees too many ladies or too many men to make up a set of conventional grandparents and then probably thinks or says to him... There aren't three grannies and three grandpas. Yes. And, yeah. and, then say, say, yes, and then says to him, oh, no, this must be wrong, or let's only put these two on the paper, or tell me who's your mommy's mom and who's your mommy's dad... And then those two end up together on the family tree, but their counterparts 
don't. And Josh knows they don't live. Hang on. Yeah, oh, but like, this doesn't live with um this and yes. Yeah. And there's there's only pink and only blue, and so I don't really know what you're talking about. And interestingly enough, he called them his two omas who are together. He called them Omi Pink and Omi Blue. Just one day out of the blue, <laughs> it started with Omi Red and Omi Blue because uh, one Omi drives a red car and the other Omi drives a blue car. And the Omi that drives a blue car happens to be um, a little bit more on the masculine side by the way she looks. Yeah. <laughs> And so he started calling them Omi Red and Omi Blue. And now in our household, we don't teach that pink is for girls and blue is for boys. I allow them to choose what they like. Yeah. Joshua says that pink is for girls and blue is for boys. I don't know where he learns yeah. it. They they see it on TV. They hear it from friends. I suppose it's so ingrained in our society. Also, you you walk around in the shops and you're shopping amongst the boys' clothes. It's all blue, red, blue, red, Spider-Man. Yeah. You walk ar- along the girls' section and it's all pink and frillikis. So they pick up on these things. And so this topic became apparent to me because I don't, I love my family and Joshua gets the most love. He is lucky enough to have multiple grannies and he's only got two grandpas, but he's got many grandmas and he loves them all equally and they love, they all love him equally. So he's just blessed that he's got many more to love him and so I love our family dynamic it's interesting and it's fun and you know you have one life to live and I love that my child gets to grow up in a family that exposes him to that dynamic Um, but what I don't want is for him to go and unfortunately at some point in his life that's going to happen somewhere I don't know where and when the day comes Lord help me because I will respond with anger and and probably <laughs> aggression to say the very least when yeah. it does happen <laughs> but I also have to be careful how I respond because I the bigger the fuss you make of it the bigger it's going to make him feel like wait hold on a minute is there actually something wrong with this because I don't want to instill the idea that there is something wrong with your family looking a little bit different to your friend's family because we're all different in very many ways and so I messaged the school and the principal and I was like, just so you know, this is our situation. Please make sure that all the grannies and all the grandpas go on the tree. I just want to make sure how do I communicate this to his teachers so that we don't have anybody not on the tree. And so that the teacher handles it appropriately as well. Exactly, because I don't want him to feel singled out or feel isolated. And and I want him to feel that being different is just... Part cool, of the that's norm. just how we're my puzzle di- fits together. We're all different, yes. Mm. Not all puzzles are shaped the same, yes. Mm. So, yeah, that's the one part of it. The other part of it is also I often have um, a discussion with these uh, grandparents um, about how they would like things to be handled. And and also when I told them that we were going to be having this this episode and would they be okay if I discussed their, their sexual orientation or their personal life um, on a public forum like this, um, they are very excited to listen to the episode and very excited that their story gets to be shared in this way. And when I discussed it with them, they said to me that I asked initially, I asked um, Omar Blue, how, when you grew up, how was this in your family? Because I don't want to teach my child that it's frowned upon. And so she said to me that she grew up in a society or in her family where they were very accepting of all sorts until she 
exposed the fact or until so she came out the closet yes, essentially until what? It, until it came t- to the realization that I am your child and this is who I am and she says that she wasn't she had lots of difficulty because her parents still love her they love her to this day and they they have and her siblings and she has a relationship with all of them but over the years, it kind of became a topic that wasn't discussed because it was such a devastating truth to, like, my heart is broken. And I don't know, I've, I haven't discussed this topic with her parents, and so I don't know where they were coming from, but she did say that it was hard for her because it was okay when it was over there, but when it came, yeah. when it was over here. And it was you. And it was me. It's like, this can never happen to me. So we'll accept people who are blue and pink. We, and, we have to and be like other people of who everyone yes. until, until, until everyone is in our midst. Oh. And then, so th- she did mention that to me. And, and that, that was such a, a learning curve for me as well. Because when the time comes, if and when the time comes, that one of my children come to me and talk to me about, first of all, I hope that I can give them the comfort to know that they can talk to me about it and that they don't end up feeling isolated because I have this thing that I'm living with and I know that it's different, but I'm too scared to tell my parents because I don't want to disappoint them or I don't want to hurt them. Um, And so I hope that they can come to me and talk to me openly. Um, And secondly, I have to be very aware of what I say and how I say it right down to... No, Josh, play with the blue one because blue is for boys. Right down yeah. to that thing. Yeah. And you, you always talk about that shirt, and I've seen Elijah wear it, where um, it says that kind people are my kind of people, which happens to be from the girls' section in a shop. I love that. I wish I could have one like that for Josh and for Jess because if you are a kind person, then you are my kind of person. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's just a little bit of background. I mean, there's so many more details I can tell you about the family, but we have a nice family dynamic, and I, I'm very proud to say that Josh has an Oma Blue and an Oma Red. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Oma Pink or whatever. <laughs> so essentially, our kids need to know other so well that those others aren't an other anymore. That's the bottom line of, of where we're getting to. And you know what also, I just want to add this one thing. We also need to be understanding, even in our podcast, we talk about parents and parenting is difficult and breastfeeding is like this and no, 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 no. But we also mustn't discount the fact that some of the parents that could be listening to us might be two guys raising a kid. They don't get to breastfeed. Right. They, uh, we talk about sex in the marriage and we did say that we're assuming that the, or the person that we're talking to when we talk about maintenance tonight are heterosexual couples in a relationship that doesn't have any other um, glaringly uh, challenging sexual issues. Right. Um, so we, we are always mindful of those things. But we also, in diversity and, and in the spirit of inclusion, we can't assume that the way our parenting story looks is the, that the way every parenting story looks. There are gay couples who are raising either adopted or children or children who are um, birth, born via uh, surrogacy. And, and so their parenting journey is completely different to ours. Right. In the sense that they weren't able to give birth or maybe a heterosexual couple that had to adopt a baby from birth. And they didn't actually... We spoke about mom guilt and how when you give birth... 
guilt comes out with it. Does that mean a mom who didn't actually give birth to her baby um, doesn't have mom guilt? Yeah, by we, no means. You can't say that. We cannot be excluding those people. And so, listeners, we are hyper aware of this. And we have an interview lined up where we chat to um, a person who is very much in it, as I say. She is in it. We are not. So let's chat to her. Um, and she's coming from a different, a different perspective because she also is part of the cookie cutter mold. But you'll hear why I want to hear her up. Are you keen to chat to her? Yes, let's do it. So guys, our guest today is Dr. Alna Rudolph, who is first and foremost a sexologist, um, a qualified medical doctor and the clinical head of the My Sexual Health Clinic, uh, which is countrywide. It has branches nationwide. Uh, welcome, Dr. Alna Rudolph. Hi, Sam. Thank you. It's nice to be with you guys. Thanks so much for joining us and for giving us your time. So why are we touching base with you on this topic of diversity? Because uh, you're as cookie cutter as they come, a beautiful suburban mom um, Mm -hmm. uh, of two little girls uh, with a husband. um, So, And we're talking diversity in this episode. Unconventional families. So fairly conventional, if you can use that term. (laughs) (laughs) So we're touching base with you, though, Alna, because you are, in addition to being a sexologist and a medical doctor and all of that, you are a sexual rights advocate in this country. So what exactly does that mean? To start off with, I think, you know, uh, the fact that I am so cookie-cutter made it very unlikely for me to become a sexologist one day. If I now bump into people that knew me when I was at school and they year, that's how I turned out. They can't believe it. But it's actually, I think the reason why I ended up in this job is normal people don't necessarily fit the mold. You know, people who would have loved to be normal, or, you know, if you can use that word, um, people who would love to fit in don't or their children don't fit in or um, they experience things that they wish they didn't and uh, they need a place that they can go to to get proper information about this and I guess that's why I've ended up in this field to to help the run-of-the-mill person who experiences uh, this kind of diversity. You know, people who um, are very, very liberal and are diverse because they try and make a point uh, are not the kind of person that needs to come and sit for an hour in my consultation room and, and, and work through all the challenges necessarily. Although it's obviously open for any person Anyone, yes. to come there. But I tend to see a lot of the families, you know, the support structure. Um, and yes, we just try and make kind of academic sense of it and then also help people to live their lives in a, in a practical manner. Right. So, Alna, what exactly, who does come to you besides those people that, that aren't uh, very exposed to, to um, you know, more liberal societies and whatnot? Um, you and I have spoken before and we've spoken about disorders of sexual development. So that's not necessarily I'm struggling with being gay or lesbian in... Um, in, in how I identify sexually. Yeah, and, and, and that's not sort of coming to terms with those types of things in being part of a conservative society. What exactly yeah. is DSD? Um, Look, some people will come to me and they won't even know that they fall into the DSD 
category um, that they are, for instance, intersex because a 17-year-old girl who hasn't started to menstruate yet needs to be investigated. We do the blood tests. We find um, the hormones are all over the place. We do further investigations. We find she doesn't have a uterus. Not having a uterus is actually a form of intersex. But that person doesn't identify as intersex at all, and the parents wouldn't necessarily go and join a DSD support group. So some people don't even know that they fall in that category. They just okay. want to know, you know, what their reproductive options are now um, that they don't have a uterus. And then other people, um, you, you know, like you get children. I've seen a six-year-old child who belongs to um, a chat group on WhatsApp. Um, She's perfectly able to read and to write to her friends who are also transgender and the mom is uh, on an online group and, you know, they are, they know exactly what's going on and they basically tell me what to do. So it, it varies our people's expectation. Um, but you ask me, what do I typically see? I see very little DSD, actually. I see mostly women with low libido, women who have painful intercourse, um, guys with erectile dysfunction. You know, so I see um, primarily any sexual kind of problem, and then DSD is just a, a, a portion of it. Okay. And it's something that you're very passionate about, correct? Yes, I am. You know, in the beginning, when I started seeing transgender people, from my personal uh, religious, typical Afrikaner background, I felt like it is not right for me to interfere with the way that God has made you uh, kind of thing. And then I just realized one day that I am being such a hypocrite because it's okay for me to have a boot job or to have my eyebrows plucked or to mm -hmm. dye my hair because I don't like the way that my body looks. I want to enhance my features or um, change things. Who am I to say that another person who's not happy with their body can't change their body? Because you see, if we think that um, being transgender, for instance, is a, um, a condition that is a psychiatric problem, that the, brain, the, the problem is in the person's brain, then um, we are going to treated from a psychological perspective. And transgender people need a lot of psychological support, but um, not, they, because, not because they have a psychological you know, problem. They're not crazy. Mm. There's a problem mm. with their bodies. They were born in the wrong body. And what they um, identify, how they identify sexually. Um, yeah, and, and sexually, um, it's a bit, uh, you know, you can't really say how they identify sexually okay. um, because identity is... So you basically get sex, which is biological. So we look at hormones and we look at genes and uh, we look at physical appearance. And based on that, doctors tell you what sex you are biologically. Okay. Then when, you come, when it comes to gender, um, that is something that a person would identify as what gender. So I identify as male okay. or I identify as female or you know, then you get other things like I identify, uh, I identify as male, but I am more androgynous. Okay. Uh, sorry, I identify as female, but I'm more andro androgynous. Mm. So I don't think I'm a guy, but I like wearing short hair and um, pants, you know. Uh, so it's, it's not pink and blue necessarily. Okay. But, um, yes, the way that you know what gender a person is, is you ask them. You don't look at their physical appearance. You don't look at what jobs they do. You don't look at their mannerisms. 
you ask them and they will tell you I'm a boy or a girl. And that's where transgender comes in, where the person's um, biological sex is not on the same side, basically, as how they identify. Cisgender means it's on the same side. It's the way that we in South Africa talk about the trans guy and the old cis guy. So if it looks the way that the person feels, it is cisgender, like most of us. Mm -hmm. And if it is um, uh, the opposite, then it's transgender. And then you get gender non-conforming and all kinds of um, things in between. So, (laughs) you know, that's also we can talk about that for an hour. Yeah, it's like a I, I, I just want to complete the whole thing about how you identify sexually. Mm-hmm. So sexual orientation is completely different from gender and biological sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so a transgender person might be straight or gay or bi or asexual or whatever. Um, their sexual orientation doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the fact that they're trans. So um, your guess is as good as mine. When a, when a trans person sits in front of me to talk about, you know, I'll ask them whether they're straight or gay. And remember to us um, who are cisgender, it can be a bit confusing because a trans woman is a person uh, in a male body. They were assigned male at birth. Um, so for me, it looks like a guy sitting there, and then I'll ask them, are you gay or straight? And if they tell me that they are gay, it's a trans woman who likes women. So it's a male body who likes women, so that you might think that they are straight, but they're actually gay because the gender of the person is female, and this female wants to be with mm. women. You okay. understand? That's quite a, a couple of confusing. layers in that you, have to, yeah. that you have to think about it. Okay. And then as we talk, I just realized um, all people that are transgendered um, don't necessarily classify as disorders of sexual development. Um, Those are the more old intersex, um, uh, where we would use the term intersex. And years ago, people would have used the word like hermaphrodite, for instance. But we don't use those terms. Anymore. Um, anymore. We like this disorder of sexual development because intersex sounds like there must be both sets of genitalia present, for instance, whereas, as I explained to you, a person who's perfectly female, female genes, everything female, she just doesn't have a uterus, is actually also um, intersex, or now these days we will call it, she has a disorder of sexual development. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Alna? Um, sitting here, we are sort of your typical, we, we like you, we the cookie-cutter suburban moms, yeah. um, but we're realizing the dire need to raise our children in a society that is more accepting, and that is what this, this episode's about. So what I want to hear from you is what can we um, do as heteronormative people to start creating awareness at schools, creches, shopping centers, churches, I mean, society you know, doesn't lend itself to to have any kind of diversity yeah. other than a mom and a dad, you know. Yes, you know, you can, you can do it on a, on a very small scale initially. Like when I, uh, my child went to a little um, play group. Now they ask us to complete a form and the form says, mom, dad, you must, you must fill in father and mother mm-hmm. and then you must put in the sex of the child. Um, so I like to write the... Um, probably female or most likely female because she looks like a girl and she acts exactly like a girl, but you know, it will still be her decision as she grows up, um, whether she's a boy or a girl. And, um, now, so I just write to the school, you know, very 
professionally and in a non-confrontational manner to say, please just change your form to say parent one and parent two. Um, and then also um, just say, um, is it really necessary? Do you really have to know if it's a boy or a girl? Are you really going to say if there's six girls and seven boys, the seventh boy is not allowed to come to school? You know, right. I don't think it's really relevant. Um uh, if it's a, if it's a, if you think the sex is male or female, so um, and then of course the school replies to every single one of my emails except for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they don't know how to handle it. You know, I say we're a mommy and a daddy, and we've got we probably have a girl, but um, just so that you know, there are families where there is only one parent, or where both parents are mommies, or um, you know, all kinds of different kind of setups and. You know, the way that I grew up in a typical, like we, I come from a small town in a free state, you are actually taught not to play with people that aren't like you. This is Whereas so, I would so be true. the parent who would absolutely encourage my child to be friends with the gay couple's child and to um, you know, be friends with the child in the wheelchair or who wears glasses and stuff like that. And um, when I see a person in a wheelchair, for instance, I, I like to take my child up to them so that they can get used to it, so that they don't think it's strange mm. when they get in contact with a person in a wheelchair, you know, and therefore... If they're comfortable with the person in the wheelchair or the one who has a funny-looking arm, um, then they're also more comfortable with the child that um, identifies as transgender or with something like that. We just have to we have to make our children and then our families more aware of diversity. And the diversity is actually cool. There's no problem with diversity. Everybody does not have to fit into the same little box. Right. It's so that. interesting that you say, and also our families, because not everybody in my family or in a family will share the same views. And so, Sam and I often talk about that. I guess you will just spend more time with uh, certain family members that, that are open to diversity. And those who are not, you probably won't spend as much time with just purely by default. <laughs> yes, yeah. We, we act like that in general. But um, so, if I have a family in my practice, where the one child is transgender, for instance, we support them psychologically um, and with practical advice through the process of disclosing to the rest of the family, educating the rest of the family um, on, for instance, which pronouns to use and how to treat the child. And then if there's continual resistance, it's in the best interest of the child not to expose them to the family that's judgmental and um, resistant to the change. Mm. And, of course, we also have to have grace with people because people... Um, don't deal very well with change. You know, change mm. often makes people angry and, and uncomfortable. Fun, mm. yes, and then they act out towards the person. Um, I can tell you, like in the workplace, I've got very few transgender people who actually manage to transition to their um, uh, correct gender while they stayed in the same job. Mm. Usually they have to um, actually change jobs because the people don't react very well to that and then it makes it difficult for them at work. Oh, that's so sad, but it's a reality. Elna, how far does South Africa have to go? I think we are far ahead of most countries in the world. We've got this beautiful constitution and... Um, just yesterday, I spoke to my daughter's aftercare teacher, and she said that um, they are when she fell pregnant with a daughter, she was forced to resign. 
So can you imagine that, uh, yeah. how unconstitutional that is today, that a woman is forced to resign from a job when she falls pregnant, and then only if that position had not been filled would she be able to go back to her job, and then, of course, her job was no longer available by the time that she um, was finished with maternity leave. You know, so now we've got a constitution that will not allow something like that. Our constitution does not allow for um, any form of discrimination based on sex or gender or anything like that. So um, the rules are there, but it doesn't mean that people's hearts have changed. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm seeing great progress. Okay, so we've, we've chatted a lot about bits and bobs, odds and ends mm-hmm. today. You know, diversity is just that, as you mentioned earlier. It's... <laughs> It's diverse. It's diverse. In it's every <laughs> sense of the word. It's about so much more than uh, a racial issue or a sexual preference issue or a I look this way and you look that way issue. It's just about the other. And again, what I don't want is people to come after me <laughs> and uh, you know shout at my door because I'm not qualified to speak about this or who am I to I'm not judging firstly I just want to know I just want to know more I'm not talking from a pedestal neither is Charlene and I know I'm very very cognizant of the fact that I didn't get for instance a lesbian couple in to the studio um and that I didn't, and there's always space for that in future. Obviously, I, like I'm, I'm very cognizant of shit. Did we represent appropriately in the show? Which is true, but f- this episode for us and for me especially is not so much about. It's about understanding. We're parents. We're navigating these uncharted territories, and we want to know. What is the best course of action? These are the right. realities. So we're we're saying that these are the issues. Um, there are families who have uh, who are interracial. There are families who have gender things. There's so many different things, and we have to raise children in this world. So the topic at hand is how do we do that? I don't want to sit here and say these are the rules and this is a yes and this is a no and this is right and this is wrong. What I do want to say is in my journey to raising my children, I want to be inclusive. inclusive. And what I love about chatting to people like Dr. Elna Rudolph. She knows. She actually knows. She knows. <laughs> She's and in it's, it. <laughs> it's learning the right terminology Yes, it's helpful to me as well as a parent to understand. I mean, in the interview, I say how you identify sexually. And she's like, it's not about how you identify sexually. So there is learnings in all of this for me as well. And it's important for people to call us out on that. Mm. That's always what I, the bottom line for me is I'm not going to be offended if you call me up and say, Sam, maybe don't say it that way. Exactly. Say it this way. The, The autism community I found was very open with that but what about the lgbtq community what about talking about intersex people Mm. um i don't know i'm not in it i i don't know the right terminology and you can't sue me for it and you can't hang me at the stake for it what you can do is applaud people like me i feel who are willing to learn and who don't want to be ignorant about it i don't want to be ignorant and i don't want to be offensive and the only way i can teach my child or my children the best life lessons is by being informed so that's why we're putting this out there because we want to carry on with these discussions we want to as always hear from you our listeners and whether you are in it or a friend or a family member is in it 
please share your stories and your experiences and your thoughts on these topics. Charlene, what you're saying is kind of being punctuated by the thunder and lightning <laughs> in the background. <laughs> if you don't hit us up over email, the great equalizer. I will dot on you. <laughs> the great equalizers. Dot zda at gmail dot com. If you have something to say, then damn well say it, and we'll put it up here, even if you swear at us. Exactly. We, we're we growing thick skins, guys. We can handle a couple <laughs> of cuss words being thrown at us. Your support is absolutely important to us, guys. You have no idea. Every like, share, love. We say this every week. Every like, share, love, comment. It means the world to us because we know that y- you are interacting with us and we get to interact with you. And so um, then our algorithm will be picked up on all of the different social media platforms and we will be more out there yeah. for more people to hear and, and see what we do. Guys, if we have had a nerve, if these are discussions that you feel should be had, uh, don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook. Uh, the more we've seen, the better this podcast will do and the better will be for you. And if there's anything that in any of our episodes strikes um, maybe a topic of conversation or leads you on a different thought pattern and there is something that you'd like for us to cover or talk about or investigate or get an expert in for, let us know that as well because we can get in touch with the people that can talk about the topics that you want to hear about. Absolutely. Guys, as well... um, We keep mentioning in the last few episodes, we've been mentioning that we will be taking a break. These Easter holidays and school holidays, private and public school holidays, we are affected by them all and uh, we are running around like headless chickens at the moment. So we will be sort of having breaks between episodes and away from time to time. Um, and taking a bit of a break ourselves so that we are a little bit more sane. Mm. <laughs> but we will be back. So yeah, don't miss us too much. Um, and remember, our episodes don't expire. So if you are feeling the withdrawals kicking in, then listen to some of our older episodes <laughs> if the pain is too much. <laughs> um, yeah, as always, our episodes are downloadable on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts, so you can kind of line up all of your episodes um, in a Wi-Fi hotspot before you go out into the world, so you don't have to use your, your data. data. yes, to listen to us. Oh, I could talk about this forever. Like, I can talk about parenting, actually, forever, because parenting in itself is so bloody diverse. Exactly. And changes. So many facets, every stage, every different part of the journey just is overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, it really is overwhelming and we're all here for you. Yeah. So guys, that's it for this week. Until next time, keep your your mom mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little bit more personal, please email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.